Welcome to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast, sponsored by Number One Copper Pot Credit Union. Number One Copper Pot Credit Union is here to help the police family financially. It's free to join and offers easy access savings, loans and mortgages, all direct from your payroll, making it easier to manage your money. Lots of members use Number One Copper Pot to save for events such as Christmas or holidays, or simply to build a rainy day savings fund. To find out more or to apply to join, Visit number1copperpot.com. Hello, everybody. It's that time of the month when we say welcome, or hopefully for some of you at least, welcome back to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast in collaboration with Number One Copperpot Credit Union. This is episode six in our monthly series, and I'm your host, Andrew Simpson. It's a small milestone for us, and I'd like to thank everybody whose support and encouragement has helped us to reach this stage. If you do like what you hear, then it would mean a lot to us if you could share posts that we make about the podcast on social media, or away from the virtual space, tell your friends, family, and colleagues about what we're up to. Doing so will help us become more visible and in turn, hopefully, attract more listeners. To start this edition, I'm joined by Jamie Thompson, your brand's chairman, who, of course, last month answered questions that had been submitted by you, our members. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? Hello, Andrew. You OK? Yeah, I'm all right. How was that for you last month? Yeah, it was very good. I think it's a, a great, um, it, it's a different platform to get to get some communications out to the members um, and let them know what we're doing. So I was really, uh, really pleased to have that opportunity. And it's something we'd like to revisit at some point in the future. So we we're carrying on this encouragement of people if they have got any specific questions that they'd like to put to you and hear you answer them on the podcast, then there's still an opportunity to do that, isn't there? There is, yeah. And um, it's not just myself as chair. You know, people can submit questions for for our general secretary, Tony, um, our treasurer, misconduct lead, and, and our welfare lead as well. What's the best way for them to do that? If, if they contact, uh, they can contact me via the office, um, either via email or, or even give me a call if they need to, or contact us via our social media. Okay, and um, if, let's just move on. And, and if you can talk a little bit about what we've got in store for this edition. Yes, we've invited two of our uh, charities that we work alongside, the Northwest Police Benevolent Fund and the Police Treatment Centre uh, based at Harrogate, to, to come on and just explain a little bit about the services that, services that they offer uh, to, to the members and the people who subscribe to them. Um, I felt it was really important to give them a platform to be able to highlight what they do, um, highlight the fact that um, you know they are still open even during these times and they are still um, getting those services to people and just uh, help people understand what they're getting for their monthly subscriptions. Brilliant. Thank you very much and I think this is an opportune moment to introduce our first guest. Jerry Graham is the Chief Executive of the Northwest Police Benevolent Fund and if you don't know what it does, that's where I'm going to start by asking him. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. And, and, and can you start there, please? Just introduce us to the Northwest Police Benevolent Fund, if you don't mind. Yeah, the police, Northwest Police Benevolent Fund, it's widely called the Ben Fund by its members. Uh, it's been around since 1974, and Cheshire Police have been one of the key forces uh, in the Ben Fund right from the outset. So the Ben Fund covers the five forces of the northwest of England, Cumbria, Cheshire, Lancashire, Merseyside, Greater Manchester, and we also provide services to the National Crime Agency. Um, basically, we try and recruit officers into the Ben Front on day one when they join the police service, and we try and keep them all the way through the service and into the retirement. So currently the Ben Front is 16,500 members across the northwest region, uh, and 
The Bend Fund is cited, the headquarters of the Bend Fund, our main rehabilitation centre, is cited within Lancashire in the Ribble Valley, at a place called Lango. Uh, and we've got a tremendous state-of-the-art centre there with 24 beds. Uh, it's like a hotel. We've got uh, a gym, pool, sauna, um, hot tub, bistro, the full hit. So it's a pretty impressive complex. But we've also got satellite sites in each of the other forces. So, for example, in Cheshire, uh, members can access treatment uh, at Cheshire Police Headquarters for physio. Uh, so the Ben Fund is dedicated to supporting police officers in the northwest of England. And your, for those who don't know, um, we're, we're trying to have an educational element to, to today's edition. Uh, you're a charity. Yeah, we're a charity uh, and we are funded by our members. So the members who sign up to be a member of the Ben Fund uh, pay a monthly uh, donation. Serving officers pay £7.40 each per month. That's deducted from their wages. Retired members pay £5. Um, and they get a whole range of, or certainly they have access to a whole range of services for that amount of money. Uh, and okay. I think it's very good value, actually. And um, talk to us then uh, a little bit about some of the services that the Ben Fund provides, if you don't mind. There, there are, in essence, five services that, that the Ben Fund provides. The first of those is physiotherapy. Uh, and, you know, anyone listening will, will know what physiotherapy is. Uh, but we have got highly trained physios uh, who work at our headquarters at St. Michael's Lodge. But as I say, there are physiotherapists in all the other forces. So uh, if you have a, 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 you know, if you need a physiotherapist and you're working in Cheshire, you don't have to travel to Lancashire to it. You can access it to, to it in your own force. And the key thing about all our services is if, uh, if you need physiotherapy and you go to the NHS currently, uh, there is a seven or eight week waiting time and then they do an assessment and they don't tend to touch you. They send you away with a, a diagram of some stretches. Our physios are hands-on physios, properly trained, who want to manipulate and want to, to use their skills to try and get people better. The average waiting time is two weeks, which is much better. The, sure. the second thing then is counselling and this is a real growth area for us so psychological support uh, you know everyone knows that within the policing environment it's a highly stressful environment and increasingly police officers police staff are coming forward and saying look I need help where can I get it um, so uh, police uh, colleagues in Cheshire uh, can get help through their own force I'm, I'm quite sure there are facilities for that but sometimes people don't want to go to occupational health and say I need uh, counselling or I need some support. So uh, members of the Band Fund can access counselling directly through the Band Fund. They can go online and refer themselves in uh, and we will triage that and get back to them and provide counselling. And the good thing about all our services is if you need two counselling sessions, you get two. If you need 22, you get 22. It's built around the needs of the client. It's not about everybody gets six, whether they need one or whether they need 10. How have you found the take? How have you found the take up on that, Jerry? That self referral element is, is worth emphasising. I think we're finding lots of workplaces, whether you're a police officer or working other sectors, that sometimes those conversations can be difficult if you feel you need to have that with your with your line manager. So, having a, an alternative option where you can self refer and access some of these specialist uh, counselling and, and, and support is, is is important. Are you seeing people use that service? That that's the big. A growth area, Andre, as you would expect within policing, because 
there are two types of stress within policing in my experience and i was a police officer for 33 years in the northwest there there, there is um what you would call acute stress so you go to an incident uh, a shooting a, a road collision and something affects you badly but what a lot of officers suffer from is chronic stress and that is just the day-to-day grind the pressure that they are under just to keep delivering and serving the public day in day out and the relentless pressure that they face and eventually unless something they get some support uh, some officers just crack and it only takes a little thing to break the camel's back so more and more people are coming to us and referring to us and we're uh, very keen to support uh, and uh, again we keep a very close eye on our when a waiting list grows, we try and get more counsellors on board to try and make sure that we get the waiting list down. Okay. So the third, the third thing then we do, which is associated to the first two, is in addition to physio and counselling, we do what we call holistic treatments. And that's uh, alternative things like mindfulness, massage, uh, just to give people a break and give them some therapies that might help them relax. Uh, number four, and this is an important one, is uh, we provide respite care. So we own 13 holiday lodges in the Lake District uh, and they are there for one purpose and one purpose only and that is to give uh, uh, officers the opportunity to go away with their family if they need to free of charge and just have some time to relax away from the workplace. So if someone is physically ill or uh, psychologically stressed and they just need a break they can apply to go to a lodge and if they meet the criteria they will get a free lodge for uh, a weekend or a number of days to just go and relax free of charge and then the, the last thing that we do is what i would call financial hardship relief and that it, that is uh, as we all know uh, police officers through their career can get themselves into various situations not of their making very often uh, whereby money becomes a problem uh, and they might need a grant or a loan and so examples of this are people who have uh, families with a disability or people who are going through divorce proceedings or whatever, unexpectedly uh, they need uh, some support and they can apply for that uh, through the Ben Fund and we will provide that. We also provide death benefits. So in the unfortunate event of one of our members dying, uh, we pay out £5,000 immediately to the next of kin to try and uh, at least help cover some costs. So those are my five um, offer. And, and I know you've thought about this before we started recording, but do you want to share with us an example of, of how accessing one of these services has made that difference to an individual's circumstances? Yeah, I see examples day to day of people who, who come in and get, uh, who are in a lot of pain, uh, and we manage to sort them out through physiotherapy that changes their life. Similarly, people who are very distressed, uh, who through counselling, we enhance their, their life. But a, a very recent example, which I think really covers all of our offer, is we, uh, uh, in the last 12 months, we've dealt with a colleague from uh, another force in the Northwest who was diagnosed with motor neuron disease, which uh, you know you will know is uh, sure. very debilitating to say the least. Uh, and 12 months ago, he was walking into uh, St. Michael's Lodge uh, and he was getting intensive physiotherapy to try and help him. Uh, but over a period of months, uh, the walking became um, much more difficult. And uh, three, four, five, six months later, he was in a wheelchair and being uh, wheeled in by his family 
into St. Michael's Lodge. So he's gone through intensive physio to try and keep his muscle tone strong for as long as possible. Uh, we put him in the swimming pool and in the hydro pool uh, to give him the ability to walk uh, in, in that environment, which gave him that great sense of freedom and a lift. Because he was only able to get upstairs in his own home address, he had young children, uh, the, the Police Federation and the relevant force applied to us for financial support. And we granted him a, a sum of money and uh, that was used to build a wet room uh, in his house so that he didn't have to go upstairs. Uh, and we also gave him a very substantial loan, uh, interest-free, to build a conservatory on the back of the house so that he could meet his family and carry on uh, within, you know, on the ground floor of, of his property. So uh, it, it's a sad example in one way and one that you hope never happens to people, but sadly it does. But it's an example of the whole range of services that we can provide just to one person to try and uh, alleviate uh, the, their condition. And what about um, as, as, as part of what you do day to day, the way in which you interact, for example, in, in the case of our podcast with, with Cheshire Constabulary, do, do you come together to work jointly on, on things? How does that relationship work? The relationship with the Ben Fund is between the member and the benevolent fund. So the way it works is most people join on the day that they start work in Cheshire Police and they will sign up. And some people can go through their 30 years. I was fortunately one of those who got through 33 years of policing. I was a member of the Ben Fund the whole time and I didn't really need to use the services. So lucky me. Uh, but, um, you know, people who do need those services can go direct for those services to the Ben Fund. What we're trying to do, Andrew, is build a relationship with Cheshire Police. And I just wanted to dwell on this for a second because... Sure. All, all the things I've talked to you about so far, you have to have something wrong with you before you can access services to the Ben Fund. Uh, I'm changing, trying to change the offer and the model, working with Cheshire Constabulary to, to uh, get a much more preventative approach because you shouldn't have to wait until you're sick before you get support. We should be able to intervene before you become sick to try and keep you at work and to try and keep you healthy. So last year, we had a visit from the Police and Crime Commissioner from Cheshire, Mr Keane, yep. and uh, Chief Constable Martland, uh, and he brought his head of human resources. And we had a long discussion about what, what could we do with Cheshire Constabulary to try and provide, wrap some care around the staff, not just people who are, who are already off sick. Uh, and what we've come up with is a model, which is being disrupted, unfortunately, due to coronavirus, but we'll start again at the end of all this, whereby... Cheshire Constabulary now give us an annual donation of okay. a sum of money. And for that sum of money, they can send 450 of their staff to St. Michael's Lodge in the next 12 months. And it, it's for the Cheshire Chief Officer team to decide who they want to send. But typically what they will do is look at people who are under real pressure. So it might be firearms officers, it might be communications operators, it might be sexual fences officers or, you know, the really high... And risk of end of risk, people who need a break away from the workplace, just to go away and decompress for 48 hours. So we're getting groups of 10 people coming at a time. Uh, we put classes on them, classes on for them to allow them to relax. So it might be mindfulness or massage. They can go and use all the facilities: swimming pool, um, hot tub. They stay overnight. They might have a drink, go out to eat at night, or eat in our eat in our centre and just get 48 hours away from the pressure cooker 
so that when they go back to work again, they're better able to cope with the pressures that they're, as I say, just the relentless day-to-day pressure. So we, sadly, we just got that up and running when coronavirus hit. Uh, but as soon as soon as we can open up that again, so I would encourage officers in Cheshire, uh, once we get going again with that, to put themselves forward. And there's a route through Cheshire Constabulary to get to get to St Michael's Lodge. Okay, certainly certainly watch this space on. On that, and, and neatly, that brings me on to, to something I was going to ask you next. I mean, we've talked pr- during previous episodes of this podcast about the unique challenges presented to police officers every time they go to work and the pressures that come with doing that every day. And you've touched on this already in, in some of your answers. Um, but that will likely resonate even more over the past few months because of the coronavirus pandemic and coronavirus has interrupted the, the partnership that you introduced uh, just a moment ago. But just talk a little bit, if you don't mind, on how that's impacted on the Ben Fund in, in 2020? Have you still been able to operate or are you moving back towards being able to operate fully now? And, and have you, part B to that question, have you noticed any difference in in demand to access your services during the pandemic? It might be too early to answer that one yet, but I'm interested anyway to, just to ask. It, it has had a big effect on us in the sense that many of the treatments that I've talked to you about, physiotherapy, counselling, holistic treatments are very much face-to-face, hands-on treatments. And so as soon as lockdown came, uh, we we were in a position whereby we could not continue safely to provide those services. So we had to lock down uh, a lot a lot of our services. But the area that, that we were very keen to carry on with above all else was counselling, because as we know, uh, everyone that's going through this is affected in some shape or form around coronavirus in terms of the mental health. And so although initially we couldn't carry on with face-to-face counselling, we carried on using social media uh, and phone to carry on our counselling. So um, we were certainly affected by the range of services we could provide. Uh, as right. lockdown loosened, we then started face-to-face again, and and our uh, services obviously went to a lot of trouble to make sure that they were COVID secure and all that sort of thing. Yes. Um, to, to answer your question directly, the area that's definitely the, the, the growth area through this has been mental health support. Uh, and that I fear will continue to be the case for quite some time. And we're gearing up uh, in terms of our capacity and capability to be able to deal with a growing number of people who have had to work all the way through this, have had to serve the public, and uh, we need to be there to support them. And if there are officers listening to this who are not currently members of the Ben Fund, how do they go about changing that? Well, if they go onto our website, which is www.benfund.co.uk, uh, there is uh, information there on how to join the Ben Fund. And I would really encourage them to do that because uh, it is literally per month the price of a couple of cappuccinos. And uh, you're getting access to all this treatment. And even if you don't need it, you're supporting your colleagues who may well need it. And so you're doing some good in that respect as well. So uh, I would suggest you're leaving yourself somewhat vulnerable, uh, given all the the knocks, uh, physical and mental, that police officers face on a day-to-day basis. You know, it's a small price to pay to look after yourself. And similarly, I mean, there are non-police officers who who listen to this podcast as well, which, which is great to say. But are there ways in which those without any immediate connection to a police force can support the Ben Fund? Yeah, I mean, uh, people can donate to the Ben Fund. We are a charity, uh, like any other charity. And again, on the website, there is a 
uh, a button one can push to donate to the, and, and, you know um, we regularly get donations and we clearly welcome more donations because that is a big part uh, of, of what we're about and the public do appreciate it, it's not often seen sometimes and not often not said but the public really do appreciate what the police do for them uh, and they can't give police officers money sometimes they'd like to come in here's a check for what you've done for me we can't police officers can't accept that and one of the ways uh, one of the places that they can show the gratitude is by giving it to police charities and so the band fund uh, you know would be very grateful for anything of that order and and just finally if anybody has any questions that they've thought of while listening to us talk today um what's the best way to ask them what's the best way to get in touch and uh, they can uh, if they go on the, the website there is uh, an inquiries email where they can directly send any queries to the ben fund and i will ensure that they are answered promptly jerry thank you very much for joining us i really appreciate you being generous with your time and, and introducing those who, who previously didn't have any awareness to uh, to the band fund thank you cheshire police federation podcast sponsored by number one copper pot credit union mark oxley is head of clinical services at the police treatment centers a charity that operates two sites one in north yorkshire the other in perthshire where serving and retired police officers can receive treatment following illness or injury. The centres reopened last month after closing in March during the initial stages of the coronavirus outbreak. And we'll start there. Mark, how much of a, a challenge has that been just to get to the point of, of reopening for you this year? Uh, yeah, hi, uh, yeah, challenge is absolutely the right word. I think um, when, when we shut down in March, we obviously had no idea how long that, that would uh, take effect for. And then when the guidance and restrictions started being published, yeah, we had to navigate our way through lots of different uh, areas really because not only are we a treatment centre so we've got all the clinical restrictions and guidelines to comply with but then because we're a residential facility there's the hospitality guidance there's the dining room guidance there's separate guidance for the gym area separate guidance for the pool area so once we started to, to put that together into some kind of plan we also have the additional problem that we as you say we've got a centre in Scotland as well as England and the guidance for Scotland just happens to be slightly different right took a while but we, we navigated ourselves through that guidance and hopefully came up with a sort of coherent plan and, and we opened as you say last month and, and so far so good really. Well, I was going to say how, how are things uh, settled down obviously it be an ongoing process continuous adjustment as we're seeing in, in, in the broader country but how have things gone in, in the past few weeks? Yeah on the whole they've gone really really well thank you um, I think there was a certain nervousness when we, we first started that it, would be slightly different and, and that's probably how I'd, I'd term things the, the majority of the clinical services are running as normal um, but the difference you, you would see is obviously it's everybody's temperature checked as soon as you come through the door we're operating social distancing around the center um, but the, the clinical side of things is, is pretty much there um, the physios for instance have to wear PPE for throughout their consultations but they can still work and they can still do hands-on treatment the gym area and the pool areas are open, but you have to book in rather than have it open access. So there's just some subtle differences around. And, and the reception we've had from the officers has been first class, have been really, really good. And, and, and generally the feedback we've got is has been exceptional. So we're really pleased to be open again. So we're only up about 50% capacity. That enables us to keep social distancing. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit different, but uh, you know, we're running a good service and, and it seems to be very well received. And, and that must be so heartening as well. I was, I was reading the blog that the, your chief executive, Patrick Cairns, had, had written, and he was making the point that obviously during the, the pandemic, lots of people haven't been working. But of course, frontline 
police officers have been working harder than ever, probably under more pressure than 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 the normal, the physical and emotional demands that are being made of them to help um, handle um, the uh, the pandemic in the broader country. So I suppose that there was that tension for you. You you really wanted to be open to be in a position to to support people. So a kind of relief as well that you're back able to to start doing that now. I guess. Oh, hugely yes. It's, it's fabulous. So I was one of the few that sort of came in over the the, the closure period, and to see this building empty and, and the yeah. grounds empty was just. It was heartbreaking at times because we knew uh, our officers were out there and, and working as normal, really. So um, we were really, really keen from day one to get open as soon as possible. But it was just a case of making sure the building is as COVID safe as it possibly can be. And, and we got there eventually. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. We, we were desperate to get open. It wasn't a, it wasn't a happy time being shut at all. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what happens at, at, the, at the police treatment centres. And we can we can put that with, with, with the context of of the pandemic, of how things are going at the moment. But um, I'd love to hear a little bit more and, and, and introduce our listeners to the physiotherapy and the psychological wellbeing programmes that, that you offer. Can you tell us a little bit about those? And then if you want to close by saying where they're up to at the moment, then then that'd be brilliant. Certainly, yeah. The, the physio programme is probably the, the easier to explain. I think the great luxury about working here and having patients come here for treatment is, is time. Uh, the amount of time that we have with them over a two-week period. I, I'm a physiotherapist myself, and, and to have that amount of, of time to deal and, and work on a one-to-one basis with somebody is, is fantastic. So there's lots of hands-on physio, lots of one-to-one physio, but aside from that, we've got a fabulous gym facility, hydrotherapy pool, swimming pool. We've got fitness instructors who can work again on a one-to-one basis with the officers. So over a two-week period, you get an awful lot of input and, and you know, the, the physios are really well experienced and have got knowledge of the police environment and the police culture. So we very much tailor that service towards getting people back as soon as possible. It's really a lot of good evidence that we, we've gathered over the years that, that prove that really. So physiotherapy, absolutely first class, well established and, and been going for a, a long, long time. Um, and then about five years ago, we were starting to notice that an increasing number of people wanted to, to come here for, for psychological reasons. There's a big upsurge in, in applications for that. So we created the Psychological Wellbeing Programme, as we call it, which has been going now for about, about four and a half years. Um, and again, that, that was just grown out of all expectation from the, the original programme. Um, it involves a, a number of things, primarily about education. So we're looking at people with mild to moderate issues with anxiety and depression. And we, we, we sort of... We have a workshop each day, which isn't group therapy. It's not people sort of sat around telling you their problems. It's about education. So it's things about the stress mechanism, strategies, sleep, nutrition, mindfulness, lots of different things, really. And then um, there's also group exercise sessions each day, quite low-level stuff, things like yoga, tai chi, but kind of get people moving and involved in physical exercise when perhaps they've been through a difficult time and have let that slide a little bit. Yeah. Um, Beneath that sits some of the individual sessions. So that's counselling. We have some really experienced counsellors. Again, crucial to have a really good knowledge of the police culture and environment that can bring that to bear in the counselling situation. And also complementary therapy, which is a, a really popular part of the okay. programme, something that we've, we've had to adapt a little bit because of the, the coronavirus, but it's still there and still running. So that's kind of the overall programme. The theme is, is basically giving people coping strategies, let sure. them talk through their issues, but hopefully put them in a far, far better place to then move on afterwards and, and uh, again just get back to what they do best really absolutely um and, and you mentioned earlier that obviously you, you're working towards 
restoring a full service, but obviously with restrictions in place at the moment, that you're doing that in a, in a careful and, and managed way. So are, pe- are people able to access both of those at the moment? How are you, how are you getting on with fitting everything in? Because there will have been a backlog, I'm sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. That, that was the, the initial issue was we had about 300 uh, officers booked in at Harrogate and about nearly 200 booked in at uh, Octorada in Scotland on, on the day that we shut in March. They were booked in, in the succeeding week. So our priority was to, to reach out to all of those officers and see whether they still needed treatment and then work our way through that backlog, really. And we've, we've completed that process now. So we, we opened right. up again a, a couple of weeks ago to new applications. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, both programs are there and up and running, and we're, we're open to new applicants for them. Um, there's a little bit of a waiting list for physio because of the reduced capacity there. Um, psychological wellbeing program, ironically, it was always the one that we had the longer waiting list for uh, back in March. It was, it was becoming quite, quite uh, excessive, really. But... Yeah, there's a small way, and it's not a lot. We, we, it's it's building up. Uh, we're starting to get some momentum, I think, behind the new applications. But definitely, both programs are open. They're up and running, and they're available now. Now, of course, um, the pandemic has prompted changes in the way that we all work, whether that's in the policing sector or in, in other parts of, of society. And in some instances, that's led to, or perhaps it's better to say, sped up innovation in in some of the ways in which we go about doing things. And and the police treatment centres are no different in that case. And, and I'd love to, to move on now to talk to you about a couple of the things that have become more prominent in, in the way that you operate. And uh, we'll start first. An email went around yesterday about your new remote physiotherapy outpatient service. Do you want to introduce us to that and, and tell us how that looks, how that's going to work? Or how it... um, one of the things that we've begun at the moment physiotherapy is before anybody has a face-to-face appointment they must have some kind of remote virtual consultation first to go through things like COVID restrictions make sure it's, it's safe and, and the benefit of coming for face-to-face treatment outweighs any risk so sure. that's sort of hard set in the rules for physio anyway so because of that we, we invested in a, a platform called attend anywhere which is a video consultation platform uh, works a little bit like zoom and, and google teams that you may well be familiar with but it's far more Cure. That, that was the important thing for us, obviously, with a, uh, you know, with a policing uh, environment. We wanted that to be absolutely secure. So we were using that anyway for our residential treatment because we had to go through that step. But it's been so successful and, and so useful that we, we found it a great tool. So we've expanded it now to, to offer that out as a kind of outpatient treatment so that anybody could apply and have a physio consultation via the video platform without okay. the expectation that they would need residential treatment afterwards. Yeah. Can just carry on using that video uh, video platform. It, it's designed to mirror a normal clinical consultation. So you you sort of check in with the physio. You go into a waiting room, a little bit of nice music there, and then clicks <laughs> on you and pulls you through into the actual consultation room. And, and the physios have got this now and, and, and used to it. It was, a, it was a little bit of a learning curve to it, but now they've got all the equipment to hand. It's all it looks like you're sat across from a physiotherapist and, and you have your virtual consultation and. Again, I think we were a little bit nervous about that and how that might look. We're so used to doing hands-on and and face-to-face treatment. But actually, the feedback we've got has been superb, and and people like it. You can do it at home, obviously, without the need to travel. Um, And we're getting some really, really good results from it. So, yeah, now that has been expanded to this outpatient service. Um, The big difference between that and the residential service is you don't need a clinical signature. You can self refer to that service at any time. So it's open to, to all officers and we're hoping that's going to run really, really well. Um, it's, it's a good piece of kit. 
And it's important to point out, uh, and I will do again when we move on to the next uh, innovation I want you to talk about, that these are to complement what you do, not to replace anything that you do. Absolutely right, yeah. I think it will become a sort of, particularly while we, we can't operate at full capacity, um, I think it will become an integral part of, of uh, our... I see it as, as that going forward, that it's something we'll keep, and it just adds a bit of value to the police treatment centre offer, and, and it, it's a good, good service. So it will grow, I'm sure, into something that, that's very well integrated into our existing services. Of course, and, and, and the other thing I was keen to hear a little bit more about is is Thrive. Do you want to start by telling people what, what that is and, and then a little bit of can, how it works and how that's gone down? Because I know that that's also seen increased use in 2020 as well. Thrive is an app that we were developing at the very start of this year. Um, it's an app that supports well-being, but it's also there's a preventative element about it. So it's possible to use it when you're feeling absolutely great. But also, if you're not feeling so well, there's, there's a lot of tools on there that, that may help you. So yeah, the, the crucial thing about it, we're able to customize it towards the police treatment centers and again towards the policing culture. So we sat down with the developers. The developers were brilliant, really, really helpful people. And we had a little focus group of officers as well that helped us in, inform that process. So, um, for instance, there's, there's a lot of. There's a program of CBT, cognitive-based therapy, on there, behavioural therapy, that's really, really good. You can work through that. It's just two or three minutes a day, and there's a package, an ongoing package that goes, but there's some, lots of useful stuff on there. There's Great. realisation techniques, there's mindfulness techniques, um, but also um, there's a mood tracker. And, and what it does is that you can sort of sit down at the end of the day or when you've had a particularly trying period, whatever it might be, and input that, and it, and it records those moods or when you've had a good day. We can relate them to specific scenarios at work, and we try to build up policing scenarios in there. So, to, to all our users. Um, absolutely crucially on there, there is also the facility to uh, speak directly to a counsellor at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days away a week. Initially by text, um, okay. and they'll respond straight away. But if it's an absolute crisis and you need uh, to speak to somebody uh, directly, there is a phone service on there, and they will phone you back within 10 minutes at any time. So that uh, we, we get feedback it's totally anonymous and, and we can right. identify individuals from that but we do get sort of aggregated feedback um and we got this app out we managed to sort of we're just about to launch when we had to shut in march but we managed nice. to and, and send a few uh, out to people as possible over the closure period by our email and what we found is about 40 percent of people have actually used it to contact the counselors so that's great in that people are using it, but it also shows there's a high level of need out there for, for something like this. So um, now that we're back in and we, we can get on with, with uh, promoting it to a wider audience, I'll say we're, we're really going to roll that out in the next week or so. And, and certainly everybody who comes here for psychological wellbeing program, probably the majority of the physio patients as well, will, will go away with, with Thrive. You, you need a code that we provide uh, to use it. Okay. Again, quite an exciting development. Yeah, definitely. And, and I suppose, you know, at the moment, um, the pandemic continues to unfold. We may not yet know um, what the medium to long term impact will be on officers that are on the front line um, tackling this and, and kind of working working on our behalf. So having some of those uh, capacities in built, like you say, with the psychological wellbeing program, thrive, all working in slightly different ways, but hopefully working together, is equipping you to cope with potentially what some of that impact might be further down the line. We don't know yet the scale of that, but it's something you, you're going to need to be ready for by the sounds of it. I totally agree. I think it's it's there's almost a lag with the, the from what I see with the policing officers that have worked because in some ways their lives haven't changed as much as other people's have. But yeah. it's there, it's out there down the line, and, and 
um, I think Thrive and, and uh, almost mental health and well-being might have been just pushed off the agenda a little bit because people have just had to get on with things. Sure. In some ways, that's a positive thing. If you can carry on with your normal normal lives, there's, you know, there's a, there's a positive aspect to that. But I also think at some point that might just come home to roost. And, and you're exactly right. We could see a, a sort of surge in, in, in mental health and well-being issues further down the line from this. So um, Thrive is a very good way of monitoring that apart from anything else, but it also offers some input as well uh, during the period. So, it, yeah, it, it's going to be very, very useful, I'm sure. Um, and we, we, you know, we, we've talked a little bit today about being equipped for the future and, and those who either have been to Harrogate previously or who've not been are going to see that looking very different hopefully at some point in, in 2021 depending on how kind of progress is made. Do you want to uh, touch on what's happening, what's what's going to be different and, and kind of how that's going to impact what you're able to offer in, in North Yorkshire? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the waiting list for the Psychological Wellbeing Programme was becoming longer and longer. It, the programme itself has been so well received that yeah. Firstly, on a Friday, somebody else will be leaving us say, I know two, three, four officers who should be here because they, they would benefit from it. And they go out and, and talk to them and, and you know, it, it just grows exponentially. So the demand was so big uh, that we took this decision about 18 months ago now to, to basically build a new wing uh, and double the amount of capacity that we'd have that. And we got all the funding in place. Police Care UK were really, really helpful. And one of the few advantages of the closure was we were able to proceed with a lot of the heavy, noisy work. Right. So the, the wing is, you can see out my window, it's taking shape very, very quickly now. The shell of the building is up. Um, right. That will allow us to double the capacity to have psychological well-being. Uh, and the other thing for us, logistically, is it gives us sort of standalone rooms that we can use at the moment. So a bit of a nightmare juggling different rooms for counselling, complementary therapy and so forth. But to have our, that facility as a standalone clinical services wing will be fabulous. And, um, double the amount of people on the psychological well-being program every single week and the demand was there back in March quite it was growing and very substantial something that hopefully we can revisit next year when it's when it's up and running and we can we can let people know about it. I mean this has been a little bit of a whistle stop tour through lots of things that are you're able to offer and lots of things that are going on at the moment and I'm really grateful for you to to do that for us and just a couple of things um, to finish hopefully that will that will help our, our listeners I mean if there is anybody listening who isn't currently a member or currently kind of a, a, a donor to, to the scheme, how can they ch- go about changing that? What's the best way to go about changing that? Absolutely. The application forms are with the Federation, with Cheshire, so, so they have a, a stock of application forms there. Uh, it costs around £7.80 per month before tax, so it, you know it, it's not a lot of money really. And basically, I would I'd say the centres are here when you need them. Some people... Um, you know, you just never know what's around the corner. And, and when that, that event happens, whether it's physical or it's psychological, we're here for you and we're ready to, to, to work. And, and um, you know, it's a fabulous facility. I've been here for, for about 14 years now myself and, and I love it. it. It's a great place. You feel like you're doing something really worthwhile um, and, and offering a group of people the support that they need. Um, so, you know, it, it's available. It's, it's not expensive. <laughs> Uh, I advise everybody, obviously, to, to sign up for it because you just never know when you might need it. And if anybody has been listening today and, and, and has any particular questions or wants to follow up on anything that, that you've raised, um, what's the best way that they should go about doing that? Yeah, our, our website, the policetreatmentcenters.org, has, has lots of useful information on there. There's some good wellbeing and information on there anyway, should anybody wish to, to have a look at that. But um, through the website, there's a list of contacts on there. People are free to contact either myself, um, our, our donor recruitment team, as we call them, 
anybody here at the centre will be pleased to speak to a really friendly bunch. So we'd be glad to hear from anybody, even with with queries uh, about anything at all. So do, do please get in touch. But our website is probably the best place to start. That's just the policetreatmentcentre.org. Mark, thank you very much. You've been really generous with your time and I really appreciate you making space in your diary to, to tell us about what's going on at the police treatment centres. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of our October episode. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to previous editions and would like to, then you'll find them on the Federation's website or by subscribing to this podcast through your favourite provider. I'll close by saying how appreciative I am to the Northwest Police Benevolent Fund and the Police Treatment Centres for sharing with us an insight into what they do. Thanks as well, of course, to our sponsors, Number One Copper Pot Credit Union, for their continued backing. We'll be back soon. Goodbye.